1: Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And boy, do we have a special treat for you today. But before we go into that, I want to thank everybody who listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. Um, We do this to spread conservative news all in the nooks and crannies all over Alaska. And we're funded by everyday folks that really, really care about conservative news here on Ala- in Alaska. We're not funded by some big dark web nonprofit conglomerate. It's $5 donations, $10 donations, $100 donations at a time. And uh, if you wanna help contribute to keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just go to mustreadalaska.com and uh, click on the right-hand side there. There's a little donate button and uh, we appreciate every donation we get. If you already do donate, to the must read alaska show we want to thank you for doing that it, it's uh, uh near and dear to Su- suzanne and i's heart every five dollar gift that we get so um without further ado i want to welcome a very special guest to the must read alaska show mayor bronson welcome to the must read alaska show
0: thanks john and thanks to uh, must read for this uh for this great opportunity appreciate it good to talk to your to your listeners well i'm sure people
1: are chomping at the bit to uh hear from you. I think that the city of Anchorage has some exciting things down the pipeline which we'll talk about later but the first question let's get out of the way because I know that people have been asking you right and left. Um, There's a lot of um, talk out there with employee personnel matters and I know that being from um, working as a chief of staff in a borough um, that you can't really talk about that kind of stuff it's not appropriate so tell us a little bit you know what the um, what your guys' stances on that? I'm sure it's similar to what happened at the Kenai Borough when employee personnel matters would come up. We just couldn't talk about it. My guess is that that's the same case here.
0: Right. Uh, we, you, you've said it all in the in the government world, <laughs> in the corporate world, when personnel issues come come up. Our job, my job, is to protect all the employees, and there, uh, and we fight quite heartily to protect their privacy, no matter what the issues are. And we just don't talk about butter at all. I know it's frustrating to the public, but uh, you know, I apologize, but we will protect the privacy. Uh, we are required to pr- protect the privacy of, of uh, all of our employees. And I take that task uh, very seriously. So <laughs> I hate, you don't wanna hear no comment, but at the end of the day, when it comes to personnel issues or, or even legal issues, it, it's just no comment.
1: Yeah, well, I think that uh, that that's a smart move because what folks don't want in their cities is mayors going around blabbing about all their employees. So I think it's a good, uh, I think true. that's that good option to take. So um, let's talk about some exciting stuff. So let's talk about the port first because one of the things that, as you came in to being the mayor, and one of your things that uh, you you had talked about on the campaign trail was the fact that Anchorage has a port that affects pretty much all of Alaska in terms of their food coming in. Tell us some of the things that you and your administration have done to um, potentially shore up that port and make sure that uh, Alaska is set up for success in years to come.
0: Well, campaigning, I, I always knew that the port was a problem. I didn't have particulars. We were focused on homelessness, crime. Uh, COVID recovery. Uh, when I got into office, it was moments when all of a sudden I get a briefing on how significant, uh, how significantly in, in trouble the port is structurally. You know, it's coming up, it's at its service life. Uh, the pilings are corroding uh, terribly uh, at a certain bandwidth at, at the tideline. And there's places where the piling, there's about 1,400 pilings where you can put your finger through the piling. It's that that corroded, you don't see that at, at high tide, of course, it's below that. And uh, during the earthquake uh, of 2018, we learned that the uh, uh, that the port had that earthquake gone about seven more seconds, the port would have failed. And when it was explained to me by the engineers and the economists and everyone else that what failure of the port means, structural failure, it would have fallen off downhill into the inlet the thing to remember economically is that 90% plus of the people in this state or 100% of everyone who's not in Southeast uh, uh, relies, nearly 100% rely on that port for everything. That is uh, food, materials, uh, everything. So if that port fails structurally, um, it's, it, it could take months if not more than a year to get back up in into in partial operation Um, so you know we have four ships a day or excuse me four ships a week that come in uh, 2 towed, two mats and on uh, monday or on sundays and tuesdays everything we have comes on those ships pretty much you know uh, except for the amazon stuff that may come by aircraft and those ships that capacity is not replaceable you can't just say we're going to do some kind of berlin airlift and We'll supply it with 747s. The numbers are pretty extreme. It's over 700 747s a week to replace the volume that in those. So you can't do it because no one in the world is going to give up their their freighter capacity to help us. It's our problem, so it's our. It has to be our solution. And the solution is is to is to. And we're in jeopardy right now. Another earthquake right now. I'm looking at the port. Uh, if, if we got a bad earthquake, the, the only thing I ask is what's happening at the port and is the port still standing? Because if the port fails, uh, our best guess is at least half the population of the state is going to have to leave the state, at least for a while, because we run out of food. We only have five to six days of food on the shelves. We learned this last year. We had some pretty barren uh, shelves uh, at times when we got into the supply chain issue, this is that times exponentially more. So it's my job, the port is owned uh, by the municipality, it's directed uh, by a director who works for me, so it's my responsibility. So it's what we did last year in the legislature, we went down and we secured the largest appropriation ever in the history of the state, $200 million from the legislature, the legislators did a great job and for that port, the uh, the port of Alaska here in Anchorage. And then we've got a MARAD settlement, which is, uh, we, we haven't got the final number yet. We won the MARAD that's called Marine Administration. There was a problem from several years ago in a lawsuit. That's 360, up to $367 million. And then wow. we've got, and then just recently, uh, due to the work of Senator Sullivan's office, we've got a little less than $70 million in a major federal appropriation for ports, just for ports. And of all the ports in the United States, Anchorage got the largest appropriation. And and that was a little bit less than $70 million. That was huge. So we stack all this money. And then when we get to a certain point, and that point is $1.1 billion by third quarter of 2025, um, once we get to that point, we can start the the, the construction project, which kind of works from south to north, and we get our docks, our two docks, in place. Um, it's from the from the sky, from the satellite view, it's going to look pretty much like the same the same port. Uh, but once we get one dock, just one seismically secure dock, stood up, then we have what we call food security. So that threat of people leaving the state being compelled to leave the state, that threat diminishes because then the four ships, instead of coming in two and two, they would just, they would have to share and they would use one dock. So four days a week takes about a day for each ship. And we can, we can reschedule that and make that work. Um, So, so that, that took a lot of our focus and I I had to pivot from homelessness, from just about everything. You always have to have a a big one on the top thing on your list. That became that. But early on, uh, I restructured how the construction project was going to go. We gave it to Jacobs, uh, control of that project. And they are doing a great job. We're seeing um, the phasing shorten up a little bit. And uh, so we're saving time. I'm, I'm as focused on time, that is, to get a one seismically secure dock stood up as I am on the money. So people know on the money side, the entire project right now is at about $1.8 billion. We have to have $1.1 billion in the capital stack by third quarter, 25 to begin the process, which gets us the whole project finished. But at some you, point it gets
1: you an order in the metal and all that kind yes, of
0: stuff. Yeah. Yes. So we're encouraged. We're going back to DC here uh in a couple months. We're gonna be Uh, We're going to be asking for for more federal money. We're going to be asking uh, for probably $300 million. And then at uh, first quarter uh, or third quarter of 2025, um, we have to make a decision on what our surcharges are going to be to make up the balance. Because again, I'm looking at the calendar. This has got to be done. It's an existential threat, not just to the city, uh, but to the state itself. And then we will we will bring bring on um, surcharges. Some people call them a tariff, but they're a surcharge. And once we stack that money and we get the committed revenue stream for the construction project, uh, we'll we'll be turning dirt, driving pilings, and welding, and all the stuff it takes to make a board.
1: So you're close. You got 1.1 $1. $1 billion dollars ish. What what do you think uh, realistically? Do you think that three hundred million dollars is out there somewhere in the feds? And my guess is that's why you're
0: going to d c in a couple months or uh, this year? Yeah, I'm gonna go there to beg and borrow. <laughs> and, uh, and my goal is to get from what we already have to what we need, the one point one by twenty five. Uh, that that's our that's our intermediate target uh, to get so we can complete this whole project. Uh, in a very, uh, in, in as, as fast as we can um, um, for the good of the people of the state and the city.
1: So talk to me a little bit about, um, you touched briefly on this before, but I think this is very important because I've had a with folks about the port and somebody's response to me was literally, I don't really care about the port. I buy my groceries at Walmart. So t- <laughs> talk to us like go back down to the basics and explain to folks why that this is this actually affects everybody because honestly you know you and I connect the dots and some other you know it's easy for other folks to connect the dots but you know people are busy they're running their kids around to soccer practices and they're juggling 10 different things and they don't sometimes connect the
0: dots why this affects that. Well, I'm always looking at keeping it as simple as possible and uh, no dock, no food, uh, no nothing else uh, in in crude terms. Um, If there's no if there's no food flowing into the state at a certain volume, uh, regular volume uh, or supplies and and, and repair and parts for, for our equipment to include our drilling equipment. Uh, to include our support equipment, our graders, our bulldozers, our excavators, our our personal vehicles. Um, We saw in this last year uh, what the supply chain interruptions did. This will be isolated, but it'll be all focused. It'll be isolated on Alaska. And I'm telling you, just because you think you buy your food from Walmart, that's that's not going to help you. Um, um where um, you know there's a little bit of stuff that gets trucked in um uh, but it's the volume just it's teeny yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's, microscopic.
0: it's it's microscopic
1: so let's let's switch gears for a second i think it's important to chat about some of the snow stuff in particular because right. um some of the chatter i hear is um, bus stops related and downtown anchorage related so talk to us about Specifically, Snowmageddon happened. We all know it happened. It's you know six feet of snow or whatever it was, and a couple of different times that it dumped, um, almost impossible to keep up with. Even on the Kenai Peninsula, um, you know we have probably way less roads, especially paved roads. Ninety nine percent of our roads on the Kenai Peninsula are just dirt, and it was still a chore for the roads service area to keep up with. People were working, you know, twenty hours a day and still can it keep up with it. So um, I'm sure some the same happened in Anchorage. But talk to me specifically about um, bus stops in downtown Anchorage and what some maybe
0: solutions are down the road for that. Right. Well, the bus stops are for buses that are owned by the municipality. Uh, but on, on all the major streets, a lot of the bus stops are on uh, state roads, state and just think of it major roads or state roads even in downtown um and so we are working with the state to come to an agreement where we can come in and clear our bus stops uh on their on their streets and uh we just really can't go in there and do that it's it's called a jurisdictional issue and um and then the snow removal from the storm itself it couldn't have happened in a worse timing uh, we had basically three storms, and they were roughly three days apart. So the people know, and I, and I, I really want to get this message out. We have a requirement that when we get a certain snowfall, we have to go in, and there's essentially three kinds of roads. There's, there's arterials, which are the big ones. Some of them are, in fact, many of them are the states. Then there's connectors, which connect the, the arterials, and then there's residential. So when we get a certain amount of snowfall, we have to start with the arterials because that's public safety. That's what gets us to our hospitals and and and, and uh, police stations uh, and uh, and fire uh, fire uh, departments uh, buildings. And then we go to the connectors and then we go to the residential. What happened? The snow fell in such a sequence that about three days after the first snowfall, we had to start all over and pull out of the residential and go back and start that phasing all over again. And then we were just getting into the residentials, and then we got the third snowfall. And then it all started all over again. Well, the snow is piling up in the uh, in, in the residentials. My cul-de-sac, I still have a mountain in my cul-de-sac from snow. It hasn't been uh removed uh, you know if we would have had four or five days between the snowfalls it would have been an kind of entirely different picture so uh or if we would have got one giant snowfall i think like buffalo did um then it would also been different but then again buffalo i think 27 or 28 people died yeah. um, in in that storm and we didn't have that problem um our our crews have done remarkably well uh, i wanted to get some updated numbers from Paul Van Landingham, who is the supervisor of all that, uh, he has been working diligently, long hours every day for a long time since the snow hit, and uh, and and we can't get a hold of him because he's working. So he's he's out there supervising. <laughs> he's the- out there doing the job. You know, and it's still going. Now we're we're not into snow plowing so much as we are into s- uh, removal. And that's a completely different process that requires a lot of dump trucks, a lot. Mm-hmm. And we actually, for the first time, went to side loaders. And that's turning out to be uh, interesting and positive because the side loaders can carry a little over twice yeah. what a dump truck can. So we can move for the same amount of gas or diesel. We can move the same amount of snow and it speeds up the time. The only difference is when you get to the snow dump the snow has to be handled a little bit differently by front-end loaders and bulldozers uh, and excavators there, but um, uh, the the crews are doing a great job. Someone wants to blame someone, blame me on on snow removal. Um, I, I, I'm not involved in it. Like people say, somebody says I got 36 bus school buses uh, stuck. I've got whispers from driving snow uh, school buses. Not, not really. I, um, uh, just the credit, all of the credit goes to Paul and his crews. I've been out on the street with them. Uh, I've interviewed them. I've talked to them. Great people, fantastic people. And we owe them a great deal of thanks for what they've been going through. This yeah, last and you month. got a couple of
1: videos. We'll put it in the, um, episode description of oh. some of the snow, uh, removal stuff so people can check it out. Um, and I think that, um, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing that you're going to work out some agreement with the state because oftentimes those are the two things that people, that um, uh, you know, anchor. You know, the 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 uh, paper <laughs> in the newspaper in Alaska will point shots at is what about the bus stops and what about the downtown streets? Well, people don't realize those are owned by the state. So I think if you had some sort of long term agreement with the state, even short term, a couple of years, I think that's going to be super beneficial. And
0: well too, and part of the problem is we we have is is this the phasing. So we've got say downtown partnership, possibly ACDA, but downtown partnership where they they, they have no place to put snow, they take snow from their sidewalks, put it in, into the street or into the parking spots. And we <laughs> when they do that before we plow, that's fine. But after we come, after we plow and then they put stuff into the streets, then, then we have to go back again. And yeah. some t- a lot of those streets again are the state. So we're trying to uh, coordinate that. And, and it's just the volume of snow is the issue. We're going to do a video audit a couple of the snow dumps. These people are seeing these are month one. Uh, well, we, I think we've got seven snow dumps or, or uh, six or seven, snow dumps we're trying to get some more they're just absolute mountains and i'm thinking what's going to happen in in september yeah, that's a lot of
1: water to be melting
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean are they going to be completely melted and at these extreme this is a f- once in a 40 year snowfall that we had okay. and uh, we've got uh, the numbers that are just handed to me we've got uh, we've done uh, 59,000 truckloads we've uh, done 1.18 uh million cubic yards that's as of uh the uh 2 days ago on the uh, 25th and uh it's it's a lot i mean but, it's just it's the volume that was the problem so the
1: the uh, you're not sitting around twiddling your thumbs you guys are out there working your tails off is my guess and you know having some experience with government i know that when it snows the guys and gals that plow or remove snow, they're out there. It's just very oh, hard it. sometimes to keep up, and especially with the storms we've just had. So, you know, there's all Yeah, always- and
0: now we, we we don't see it now that it's got warm, but um, uh, we spend a lot of time, we're working with the assembly on a, uh, a reappropriations, on trying to get more money, find out how we can, you know, there's there's conversations at the assembly level at, at the uh, on Tuesday night about contracts for you know, it it creates stress on the system. um, And people want this removed, and we've got to pay for it. We just do. So let's
1: talk real briefly about downtown development. I know that, um, you know, if people drive downtown, they can see literally buildings, old buildings being taken down and possibly new building buildings being built starting this summer. Um, Talk to me about what's happening downtown. What what could people see happening this summer? And, and kind of what's in the works for the next couple of years.
0: Well, in the big picture, we have over three hundred million dollars worth of construction already scheduled for downtown. The big part of that is Block Forty-One, just two blocks away from here, between Fourth and Fifth. And uh, that was the Fourth uh, Avenue Theater. That 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 being torn down. Um, it was. Uh, it's a big project. It's a good project. Uh, I've seen some of the artist renditions of it. And um, uh, it's, it, it's, it's going to change the face of downtown uh, with the living space that they're creating from, from hotel to residential to retail to connectors, uh, you know, indoor connections. Uh, there's a tunnel involved, so we're going to connect uh, various buildings. So our goal is to get to a point where uh, a lot of our hotels are the hotels that we can, get them connected. So in the wintertime, you can come and do you can go to dinner, you can go to your hotel, or you can go to a show at the Pack, which is right there. Um, and it's all connected. It's kind of like Minneapolis, or, or I believe Winnipeg, but we kind of, we look at Minneapolis, we like the way they do it. Uh, it's all indoors. And uh, you can just literally live your life indoors and stay warm in the wintertime in a cold climate.
1: That's awesome. Well, Mayor, I really appreciate you joining us here on the Must Read Alaska show. Is there anything that we missed or that you want to say before we take off here, the floor is yours.
0: Well, again, I just want to be uh, quite uh, uh, strident in my support of the snow removal folks right now. Um, I came into this office a year and a half ago, not knowing much about government uh, government at all. But this is what I learned, the quality of the employees that this municipality has. Um, I grew up in the Air Force and the airlines where I thought that that was good people and it was it was certainly was especially unlike the Air National guard here in alaska but the quality of people that we have working for us in this city from police to fire to road maintenance uh to parks and wrecks we have the finest people i've experienced in my work history you know in my 40 45 year work history i am i am stunned i am pleased and uh, i can't say enough about them dedicated hardworking. Uh, employees. So that's what I would like to close on.
1: Nice. Well, we wish you nothing but success here at Must Read Alaska. And thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. And for folks that are listening, uh, maybe just caught the last five or 10 minutes, I want to uh, encourage you to go back and listen to the whole thing. Food security is a big deal and Anchorage is where it starts yes. and the mayor's tackling that. And uh, so you're going to want to go back and listen to that. So until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska signing off. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, John.